0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Instagram Marketing Secrets episode 86. Today, we got the interview with the one and only Marley Jacks If you don't know who she is, you're about to. This girl is on fire. She is a rock star. She is a hustler, and uh, I've been following her for just a couple months now, but she has absolutely captured my attention. She really knows how to uh, grow an audience, build a community, and just capture people's attention on video camera. So, Uh today, in large part, apart from just entrepreneur lessons that she's learned along the way, you're going to learn about how to be better on camera. Now, I know what you're thinking. Some of you are like, nope, not me, not going to do it. But here's the thing. Even if you go out there and film yourself and you do some takes, you don't have to publish it. Like, that's the thing. It, It takes a while, but you don't have to worry about, oh, I don't know if I want people to see that. Just get into recording to start. Uh, just get into trying uh, anything to start, right? So I think this is going to be an episode that really breaks that fear of being on camera for a lot of you. And Instagram is becoming more and more about original content and establishing a personal connection with your audience. And that is largely done, even if you're an e-commerce company or no matter what kind of business you are, by being on camera on your story. All right. So it's not just about Putting out YouTube videos or regular posts, but even just hopping on your story to talk to your own followers. I think this is really going to help you guys break the mold and discover some things about connecting with your audience on a deeper level because the thing that Marley has apart from a large audience is raving fans. Like seriously, you'll, you'll hear me talk about it in the episode, but Her fans love her, so uh, hopefully that's going to be you too. You're going to be one of her fans after this episode. I'm going to stop talking so we can just get to it, so here is the interview. All right, guys. I am here with Marley Jacks. She is probably the most successful entrepreneur we've had on the show. Uh, In terms of revenue and just overall growth, uh, I got the privilege to meet Marley at Funnel Hacking Live. Uh, I unfortunately had to leave the conference before I could hear her speech, but I heard so much uh, about it and I saw some clips of it too, just from following you. Um, but I had the privilege of meeting her at the round table the night before. And, uh, it was really cool because I was circling around looking for which round table to sit at. And, uh, I looked over at Marley's and then right when I looked over there, the person that was sitting right next to her just got up and left. So I'm like, all right, that's my table. And, um, It was really good to meet Marley, and we got to talking, and she basically uh, you know, helps people with YouTube, just as I do with Instagram, and you guys know how I always talk about you want to be spread out on multiple different social channels, so definitely wanted to have her on. Um, Last year, she won the Two Comma Club Award, which is one of the most prestigious online entrepreneur awards that you can win. Uh, As you can guess, it is when you do two commas worth of revenue in a year using the ClickFunnels platform. And she even got to speak at Funnel Hacking Live, like I said, and that is totally on my bucket list. So I had her on uh, so to figure out how I can speak at Funnel Hacking Live, but she doesn't know that yet. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, know we're going to talk about Instagram, YouTube, bunch of stuff. So Marley, how you doing today? Hello,
1: I'm so great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about everything YouTube, Instagram, but before we get into that, Let's learn who Marley Jacks is a little bit more. Tell me a few interesting things about you that has nothing to do with entrepreneurship.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, interesting things about me. Um, I have recently discovered a passion for uh, design, designing and decorating my house. So I've been spending a lot of time doing that. Okay. Um, another something random about me. I once uh, shared a limo with Bono from YouTube. 2 Cool um
0: how did that happen though let's stop there really quick did you just did you organize this at all or did you get in a U- like limo all of a sudden and you're like wait aren't you that U2 guy I'm sharing
1: this with Bono no it wasn't it wasn't like that where we like uh we were going anywhere but he was in Toronto and that's where I used to live and uh I happened to see him and and uh kind of knocked on the window and was like Bono can I have a picture with you and he like invited me in to sit with him and we took the picture and we talked for a few minutes and then uh, and then the car got rushed by paparazzi, so that was the end.
0: <laughs> and I, I've seen your your picture with them, so but that's that's cool to know how it actually played out. I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if it had anything to do with like YouTube and like YouTube, and they're like, oh, we grouped them together. Oh, I <laughs>
1: wish that'd be a great collaboration. Let's pitch that.
0: I like it, just like YouTube, you two, yeah, U B E. All right, we'll, we'll work on that after the call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, couple more things about you.
1: Um, uh, okay. This is like, I'm just going to my like two truths and a lie game.
0: Okay. Um, Dude, I was totally going to play that with you. Really I seriously wait. like, should yeah. I just play two truths and a lie with her when she gets on? I was like, I'll just ask what are interesting. <laughs> no, we're going to okay. do that now. Well,
1: here's my other. Okay. Do you want to guess which one is I'll give you two. Yeah, more yeah, yeah. And you guess which one's we'll I'll guess. Okay. Um, the next one is, um, I made it to the Vegas rounds on American Idol. And also that I once loaned money to a shark on Shark Tank.
0: And then there's one more?
1: Oh, the other one was my Bono story. I got to come up with another oh. one.
0: Oh, dang. Okay, yeah. Can you come up <laughs> with one some spot? Of
1: those two, which one's the lie?
0: Okay. If you're watching on YouTube, pause it and comment below what you think. <laughs> um. Can I ask for you to sing a verse real quick and then I can guess?
1: <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I'm going to say that the lie is the Shark Tank one.
1: Uh, actually, so I never auditioned for American Idol, but okay. it's kind of it's kind of a funny story. So Barbara Corcoran was speaking at an event that I put on with a company that I was at before I was ever an entrepreneur, and she forgot her wallet. Okay, so had to loan her a hundred bucks.
0: Gotcha. Nice. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: that's a that's a pretty sweet story as well. Did you get a picture with her? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. You're like, if we can get a picture, then sure. Uh, I guess the uh, no to the American idol because I was like, I mean, the other one is businessy. So I thought you were setting me up to think yeah. of the other everything. But okay, pretty sweet. Um, so, all right, we've got a couple interesting things about you. Now, something I think a lot of the people that identify with about you on the podcast is that a lot of people that listen, they want to be entrepreneurs. And right now, they're starting on a side hustle while they're working their day job. And maybe they don't love it they want to get out and i know you it was a few years back that you were you were working a 9 to 5 and you had to transition out tell us a little bit about when you realized you weren't in the right position and did you like immediately transition out or how did you like transition into entrepreneurship
1: yeah it wasn't immediate it wasn't like i made some people have this big story where they make a decision and they quit and they go all in um, mine wasn't exactly like that. I was a dental hygienist, which seems so random compared to what I do now. But I was a dental hygienist, and I knew that it wasn't going to be my forever career, but I didn't know what that next thing was going to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I started, um, and, and I didn't even really plan to start a business, but between patients, I started doing the social media for the dental office just because I was good at it. I knew how to create content, and I knew how to use Facebook and Twitter, and that was what we were using at the time. Um, And their IT guy noticed and was like, Hey, can I refer you to one of my clients? And he referred me to all of his clients. And then all of a sudden I saw this opportunity that I was like, Hey, I'm good at this. And this is a need that people and businesses have. Could I learn how to do this as a business? And, and this is my, this is my ticket into, you know, leaving the nine to five world. So, um, I started getting more and more clients and I always had this idea of great. Once I have enough clients, then I'll leave. But I always kind of, I would make the, I would say like one more client, one more client. And I would, um, I, I would keep raising that ceiling thinking like I needed more safety and security. And I think the decision was, uh, kind of made for me that my, uh, my husband at the time had a terrible dirt biking accident and I, he couldn't work cause he was so injured that I had to leave my job in the dental office to stay home and take care of him. And that was when it was like, all right, time to go all in on this and make it work.
0: So it was this moment where you had like the safety of your job and you were doing stuff in the evenings and you're making that side income and that side income wasn't quite your full-time day job income. So it was kind of weird to leave. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, it's so hard to scale that company when you're just doing it in the evenings part time. But this was kind of like the kickstart that you're like, all right, time to just
1: time to go on you
0: know, the cord. So yeah. did you put in like your two weeks or?
1: No, I didn't even it was like, he, I called and I was like, I can't come to work today because of this injury. And so I'll, I'll let you know when I can. And then I just like, Never really went back. I did go back occasionally to take little shifts here and there and cover for other hygienists when needed, but that was pretty much my my ending.
0: Okay. And um, it ended up being good in the end, really. It's kind of hard to know when to leave because you're never going to just have this guaranteed pay with entrepreneurship that makes it easy. But something that I really admire about you, apart from your skill set, is that you seem to be very passionate about what you do. And to have that level of passion makes the work ethic come naturally after, right? You seem to really love what you're doing. I did do. you love what you were doing when you first left that job or did the passion come later?
1: No, I loved it. Like when I discovered that, cause I knew that I was always good at, even just as a kid, I was always writing stories and, and I would steal my dad's video camera and make little videos with my cousins and stuff. And so it was something that I always did for fun. So I think when you can turn your hobby into a business and that moment when you realize that you can get paid to do something that you're good at, it was always a passion for me. So when the door opened for me to continue doing this, it was, it was so exciting to think I could get paid for this. I could build a business around this. And it felt like the passion just grew the more I discovered and learned how I could expand this business.
0: Okay. Because for me, when I started entrepreneurship, the first thing that I did was selling knives. And I certainly wasn't passionate about selling knives. Although when I, you know, a few years in, then I was like, okay, this is cool now. Um, So sometimes you kind of have to like make yourself fall in love with it at the beginning and then it comes later. But you really found something that even as a kid, you already knew you belonged on camera. Um, But uh, as a child too, when you look back, can you see other things that you're like, that was an indicator that I was an entrepreneur. Has it always been in your DNA?
1: Yeah. It's funny to to look back and put it together to be like, Oh yeah, I used to, um, try to like make menus and set up a little restaurant uh-huh. in, my, in my house. And that was one of the things I did. Um, or like try to sell pieces of my lunch at, on the school, on the playground and stuff like that. Um, And even just like how I would, how I would go about like projects in, in school, like wanting to be the leader of things. So, um, yeah, it's funny to see it now and connect the dots backwards.
0: Right. I kind of look back and I think of the, I I think I had some restaurants as well. I never sold pieces of my lunch. You're like, who wants the last bite of my sandwich? Yeah.
1: (laughs) More like who wants my uh, fruit roll up?
0: (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. You're like, mom, pack like five today. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Exactly. Um so how might someone that is in a job right now that is considering entrepreneurship and they might want to do it, but I think entrepreneurship you really have to have a certain character to do it and to, to seek it out because it, it's definitely you know not all sunshine and rainbows. How might someone or like what could they ask themselves to know if I'm discontent in my current nine to five job, does that mean that I have the wrong job? Or does that mean I just should try entrepreneurship?
1: That's a really good question because for me, I was always hopping from job to job and I, I never felt like I, and I loved some of the jobs that I was in and felt like I could be passionate about it. And and I had the opportunity to make an impact through that position, but I still always found myself feeling like there was more, there was more I wanted to create or more I wanted to do or more leadership that I wanted to be able to exercise in my role. And Um, and then when I kind of stumbled upon entrepreneurship, that's when I realized like, oh, that's again, connecting the dot backwards. That's why I always had that longing for that. Um, and I, and just because you can be an entrepreneur, I don't think everyone should be an entrepreneur. Um, it requires grit, persistence, um, risk and, and it's not, it's not for everybody. And I think one of the big things that was an eye opener for me was that as an entrepreneur, you have to understand that you're signing up for a life of consistent transition and you're signing up for consistent inconsistency. Mm -hmm. You are constantly fighting an uphill battle. You are always growing and evolving and adapting and, and that's not meant for everybody.
0: Yeah. It's, it's certainly tough. And we all know You have to, uh, you know, stay like, don't give up. Like never give up is probably a tip that everyone knows, but not everyone understands what that looks like, because usually you can have like a a huge financial struggle and it seems so obvious to give up, but you can't. So I, I I know your content well, so I know a lot of your stories already, but the people tell me a little bit about, uh, I believe it was last year, um, like a, a time when your business, it didn't make sense financially to keep running mm-hmm. it because that is like the biggest stressor. Uh, just not knowing if you're going to have enough money to pay your bills. Right. It didn't make
1: sense and it didn't make dollars.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. but um, you gotta stick with it. Yeah. So last year,
1: that. last year in April. So almost exactly a year ago, I was in a position where I was just trying so hard to grow and expand. And I was in I was making a lot of big investments. Um, hoping that they would pay off. And I think that's part of being an entrepreneur. Like we want to take risks and and want to see that pay off, and they didn't pay off yet. And so I saw myself with six figures in debt that I had all of this just on a line of credit. Um, I was paying for the business and my life on this line of credit. And I had to make like just a, a game, just a, uh, it was a tough decision that I was like, I can't afford to keep doing this. And so I had to cut three very important roles on my team in the same day and really just rebuild from the ground up. And it took a lot because there was a few months where I had to do everything. I was doing sales. I was doing customer service. I was doing all the fulfillment and it was a really tough few months, but that's what it took to come out of it. And now obviously I I have come out on the other side, but that was one of the toughest times of my life and so much anxiety and so much just Stress because I, I loved these team members that I had to let go of. And, and that was the hardest thing is because obviously it, business is business, but like business is also personal as much as they say, it's just business. It's, it's my life. It's, I put my heart into it. I love and care for the people that I work with. So it was painful to go through that.
0: Firing people is one of the, the hardest things um, because you don't always do it because they're a crappy employee. If they're a crappy employee and they know it, then it's not as hard. I mean, right. not nearly as hard, but in situations like this, hopefully they're understanding to know that it's at least what you needed at that time. But did you ever think? I think I'm just going to go back to being a dental hygienist.
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's the fantasy of that of like, oh, this is so hard. Wouldn't it just be amazing to have a, a job again and have someone else sign my paychecks? Uh huh. Um, but it's like it's a split second fantasy because how long is that going to? last until like maybe an hour, like maybe I could get through one patient before being like, screw it. I'm out of here. I can't Uh do this.
0: Yeah. Once you've already got a taste of being your own boss, it's
1: yeah. And as much as like, as much as we talk about the security, and I say that in quotations of a nine to five, is it really secure to let your future be held in someone else's hands? Like to have someone else sign your paychecks, Sure. That does sound for a moment like you're, you're taking off the risk, but when you have a business where you have no ceiling on your income and you can create the lifestyle that you want, that's a, that's a lot more flexible. That sounds like more freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, on the financial side of things, you can say, okay, you get to get consistent paycheck. And then the fear is I could get fired. So I'm not in control right. of that. Then, you know, entrepreneurs is up and down high upside, or it can be very low. Um, but the risk really, how I see it is that you live your entire life, just doing something that you're told to. And I think I, I, we're both obviously entrepreneurs. So that there's a little bit of like, that's just how we are to like, not want that. Um, cause the last relationship I was in, she was a salary worker and wouldn't even consider entrepreneurship, like did not want to do it at all. So I totally get the personality thing, but I think from an entrepreneur standpoint for those that feel it you know in their blood like i should be like a d an entrepreneur um that there is risk uh of way more than just the financial aspect of it of it's you have one life so
2: mm-hmm.
0: what do you want to do with it um so on that with like your your purpose and your passion in life how much was the foundation of entrepreneurship set up with this is what I want to do for a career versus like you wanted to help people. And this was just the way to do it.
2: Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear?
1: It for me at first it definitely started with the opportunity of like, you know, help yourself first. It's kind of like the mm-hmm. on the airplane, put on your mask first. Um, but it was something that I was good at and I saw the need in the market. So that's where I got excited about, hey, like I can I can help a lot of people with this. Um, it really I think that the best opportunities come to you when it's something that you're intrinsically good at, something that you care about doing, something you you enjoy, because then like they say, if you do what you love, you don't have to work a day in your life, but then knowing that you can fuel other people's lives and help them in their businesses or their health or their relationships, that's what, that's what continues to fuel me that it keep, that it's not just, cause if it was just like little one-off things without knowing how I get to make an impact, I feel like it would, it wouldn't last, it wouldn't have the longevity to, to keep inspiring me, to keep growing and evolving.
0: Yeah those success stories, those testimonials really keep you going. And you probably held on to a lot of those testimonials at that time of the financial crisis, because you were already pretty established at that time. Right. Did you say that was last year?
1: When? Oh, when I was.
0: Firing the three people.
1: Yeah. Um, like I had been in business for two years and I, I had a, a good following at the time. Um, definitely things have grown now, but yeah, I, I, I was doing okay.
0: Yeah. So you're already well in it. And even as an established entrepreneur, you're still going to run into.
1: Absolutely. I think that it's not like you get to, that's a funny thing about, oh, you won a two comic club award. And it's like, yeah, awesome. It's not the finish line. Uh huh. It doesn't mean that it's smooth sailing now and we're like just retiring. Um, It means that new level, new devil, like you get to a certain level of revenue and it's how do I keep this going? How do I expand my, um, my team to be able to keep up with the need and how what do I see in the market that I can continue to to Provide for people who need it
0: How long was Two comma club your main goal?
1: um, I went to the funnel hacking live in Orlando in 2018 and I that was when I started to plant the seeds of like wow I could maybe make a million dollars with this business before that. I don't think I saw it for myself. Um, So that's another amazing thing about having a community that shows you what's possible, um, which ClickFunnels is so amazing to be able to show you and give you also the tools and show you all the people that are doing it, which instills that belief in you. So I would say like later in 2018 was when I started and then uh, obviously created, got, won the award in 2019.
0: Okay, so you had only attended one Funnel Hacking Live before you were already speaking at it.
1: I did, well, I did the Funnel Hacking Live in Orlando in 2018 and then Nashville in 2019 and then 2020.
0: Okay, So yeah. okay, gotcha. Um, but you, okay, so I, I was kind of curious. I was like, should I have a goal of like speaking at the next one? <laughs> or like, yeah. uh, But it, I think it takes a lot of evolving and you also have to get on Russell's radar too so tell me some of the secrets of uh how you got Russell to notice you how you planted the seed for wanting to speak
1: yeah the big thing is like just keep showing up not just for him but for his community like what are the most important things to him I think that's also a really important thing in in dream 100 people is like sure show up for them and and uh get them gifts or whatever you want to do to to make sure they know who you are but like how can you keep showing up for the things that are important to them too Um, one of the things I didn't even mean to do this, but Stu McLaren, who is someone, he's also a Canadian entrepreneur, someone that I admire. Um,
0: there's two of you then two, two total. What's that? There's two total Canadians. Two of
1: us. Yep. That's it. (laughs) Um, but when I, uh, so Catherine Jones and I raised, uh, $15,000 actually now by the time we raised $15,000 in 24 hours, we, the total was about 20,000 that, allowed me to get close to Sue McLaren because then he knew who I was because it was his, um, his charity that we raised this money for. Okay. So that's like that, that showed me not intentionally, but I was like, Oh, that's another way to show up for people who you want to notice you. is like, can you donate to their charity? Can you volunteer at their event? That kind of thing. Um, so for Russell, like I joined inner circle, um, which is his highest level mastermind at the moment. And, um, and I kept showing up to events and I would give value in the Facebook groups. And I would just, I wanted to be someone that just, I would show up from, from a good place and using my powers for good and, Uh and and helping his people too. And, um, and I, and even just in conversations with him. Like I, I made little jokes about like, I would love to speak at FHL and I I would drop little hints about that, that if you're considering a speaker let me speak yeah
0: <laughs> okay nice. um, so you were in his mastermind, and that's a pretty pricey thing, right?
1: yeah it's fifty thousand dollars a year
0: fifty thousand a year, and you're still in it it's recurring
1: yeah it's it's on pause right now, but i'm I'm in his inner circle
0: okay. Have you ever seen someone in his inner circle or win a two comma club that has not invested thousands of dollars in their education?
1: That's a great question absolutely not i don't I don't know how you could um and there's all the Sometimes you see online people saying, like, I'm a self-made millionaire or self-made Uh-huh. I, I'm not sure if that's accurate. Um, I I have a team around me. I have mentors that I have learned from. And I think being self made is really a big limitation.
0: They're saying it probably because their parents didn't like give them a loan or something like that. But yeah,
1: I'm not really sure what their definition of it is because you definitely didn't get there by yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're like, I pressed play on those videos though. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the statement of like an, an overnight success. Right. Obviously that was built up over years and then like someone self-made it's like, yeah, you got to give credit where it's due. Um. Yeah. So shifting gears, let's talk about YouTube here. So everyone listening to the podcast is already sold on why they need to be on Instagram, or at least they better be. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I always talk about you know diversifying being on different social media platforms. What would be some of the things that someone should ask themselves if they and their business belong on YouTube?
1: If you want to have content that outlasts the algorithms, Um, With YouTube and I talk about YouTube all the time for good reason because it's it's not a social media platform It's a search engine and it's the second largest search engine in the world owned by Google Which is the biggest search engine in the world So what happens when you have a question or you need a problem solved if you don't go to your mom? You go to Google and you type in what you're looking for and often a video can come up and from that video people can be finding it even years later so yes, Facebook lives are great. And yes, posting on Instagram and Instagram stories are great. There's, there's content for different platforms. that kind of ser- serves a different purpose, but with YouTube, you can have this content that people can find evergreen for years to come. So when you're able to do that, it's kind of like having an army of salespeople spreading your message around the world, around the clock perpetually forever.
0: And they ask for a raise and right? they
1: don't ask for a they raise. Don't. You don't okay. even have to pay them.
0: They don't even exist, do they? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell us about your most successful uh, video or a couple videos.
1: Yeah. So this was actually how I got into YouTube was that I made a video just based on questions that I was getting all the time. So that instead of answering it over and over, I made a video so that I could just send, here's the link that'll show you like an, a tutorial. Um, and it was, it was questions like, how do I put text on my pictures and stuff? Very Some basic things I was getting from clients. And um, so I made this video about how to use Canva, which is a graphic design uh, cloud-based software. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And so I made this tutorial of how to use it. And within weeks, it was like getting thousands of views just organically. I posted it and walked away. And then I thought, well, how can I do that again? And even to today, it's like, I think it's at almost like 400,000 views. Um, people find it all the time. They opt into my email list from it all day, every day. And again, all I did was I made this video in 2016 and it's still getting like 15,000 views a month just sitting there. I'm not putting any ad spend into it, nothing. Um, and then every single week we're putting out videos and we're trying to get them to rank on, on social media by using search engine optimized titles, by putting the right tags in there, not making videos that are super competitive or clickbaity titles. We're, we're making titles based on what thing, what people are actually searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also have other videos on like how to script your YouTube videos or Um, what it's like to be a social media manager. That was a video that I made when I was a social media manager. Now we're video marketing, but those videos, because they are ranking for those keywords are being found all day, every day by people just searching for them on the internet.
0: And you always have like some kind of valuable call to action too. Like that, that's something that you really changed my mindset about because I did uh, Marley's 21 day uh, challenge. Uh, those of you listening to the podcast are probably sick of me promoting my own challenge. And, uh, I will say it all came from me doing Marley's challenge. I had no intention of starting a challenge and then I got like a weekend and I was like, I'm doing this Thank too. You. So I stole your model. Um, and, uh, right. yeah, it went pretty well too. Um, but what I learned through your challenge, one of the main things was stop just producing content with no purpose of it like, oh, I'm just gonna get like likes on this one. Like your content, if you digest it, you're probably gonna grab their email, you're gonna have some kind of valuable call to action. Tell us just a little bit about your uh, content philosophy and how the average entrepreneur who thinks they should just be cranking out a ton of content should think differently.
1: Yeah, one of the things I say all the time is we're not creating content just for the sake of content. We wanna create content that makes an impact and a profit. So to reverse engineer that formula, we look at what's the message that I want to be spreading with my con- with my content and then also how do I want to profit from this? So like what are the offers that this video could lead them into? Not that we go straight for like, hey, buy this thing because often we want to warm up our audience before they know, like, and trust us enough to sell them into something. But we want to give them like a lead magnet, something for free, whether it's an ebook or like a video series or a webinar that then they can get that free value and um, and be able to to get to know us, which then at the end of maybe that thing is where we can give the caption um, or the, the next call to action to then get them into whether it's a challenge or a course, something like that. So really, your videos could be driving leads and making money for you on autopilot.
0: For real. I mean that you get like 15,000 plays a week on the Canva one and that's got, that grabs emails at the end or what does that yeah.
1: do? So there's, I'll be like click the link below for this uh-huh. free thing and then they get the free thing. They have to opt in to get it. And then the next page can be like a, a low cost, like maybe a little ebook for $7 or something like that. Something low, um, typically below $50 depending on how much value you're giving in it mm-hmm. is, is acceptable for a front end offer. Yeah, um, But yeah, and then, but think of how many I've been making videos every week for years. So I have all of these videos kind of working for me.
0: Yeah. You've been cranking them out lately and yeah. I know you've got a a whole team to help you out with too. And I'd probably love to dive into just hiring a team, but I think we'll get too off traffic uh, off, uh, off topic on this podcast. So, um, what I did want to ask you about is how Instagram plays into the equation for you. Cause you've got, uh, like 27,000 yeah. Instagram followers. Did, uh, did you build YouTube and Instagram at the same time? Did most of your Instagram followers come from YouTube?
1: Yeah, I had, um, I had Instagram, I guess before I had YouTube, but I, I wasn't using it for business at the time. I think I just was using it for like personal family stuff. Um, and then as I think, I think as I saw Instagram growing, that's where I started to use it more. And when things changed for me was when I was able to start using Instagram stories, Um, I'm really personal on my Instagram stories. I try to be a comedian on my Instagram stories and just have fun with my audience there and By being able to direct people to the link in my bio or swipe up once I got over 10,000 followers That was really just huge for being able to direct direct traffic to my YouTube channel and even before that I would post like little teasers or mini videos just taking little snippets from the YouTube video in my timeline and then the end card of it would say go watch the full video on YouTube and then I would you know write in the caption what the YouTube link was or link in my bio to go watch it so it really helped to build an audience on other platforms and then still direct them back to YouTube as like my main hub for content
0: uh-huh is uh, a YouTube video is it important to get an engagement in the first couple of days that it's up
1: yeah, absolutely. That shows YouTube that your platform or that that your content is is important, so that they can push it out to more people too.
0: And they like when they see external traffic yeah. that you're driving. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, they
1: think like you know they're selfishly they want all the con- all the audience to be on YouTube. So the more that you as a creator can keep people on YouTube, the more that YouTube is going to put your content in front of more people.
0: Okay. So essentially you do swipe up links for your videos and then you'll post like little one minute, uh, like basically the video will have some kind of value. Like if you're doing like the five tips to whatever, you might put like the first tip on Instagram and then lead. Is that kind of the philosophy? To watch
1: the rest, go to YouTube and watch it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh,
0: you use Instagram, like, like you said, stories and I watch your stories. Um, if you guys have ever wondered how to balance a broom, she'll show (laughs) you how you have to buy her course on how to do it. Oh goodness. Uh, no, but, <laughs> uh,
2: room challenge.
0: That's what she's been doing lately. Um, and it just keeps you top of mind. Yeah. Right? So like, even if it has nothing to do with your offer, if I'm getting like an email about your offers and I know like it's closing soon or something like that, and then I just see you doing whatever on your stories, like you've really used it to just stay top of mind with people. And um foster your community because something that I realized like it was almost annoying at a certain amount in your group of like how much Marley love um there is. I, I don't mean annoying, that's not the wrong choice of words, but oh man, like every day I was just like another notification and Marley's challenge, and it was just someone like, here's three paragraphs um of how much I love you and your challenge um it's probably a three-hour answer how to actually do it but in short could you give us some kind of tip of how do you create these raving fans
1: i think and it's such a good question and i i like i mean i want to build the formula for it and that's that's what we teach in all of our courses and in the challenge for like how to build an audience that's that becomes like a movement um the biggest thing that that was the shift for me was again realizing that like this isn't just content for the sake of content it's content that makes an impact but when it comes to your message is like what's the future based cause that you're bringing your audience through and how can you as an attractive character be vulnerable to bring them on the journey so like the biggest thing that was the biggest shift in in my audience and their their connection with me was when I got really vulnerable earlier this year when my marriage ended and that made so many people like all eyes on me. They watched how I went through it. They watched, um, and and a lot of them commented just saying that like, I gave them the permission to go through their own thing or to know that they could still create content, even if it wasn't a, a divorce situation, but like that through hard times that I kept going through and building my business and, and, uh, shifting my message and sharing my story showed them, I think I was a good case study of your life doesn't have to be perfect for you to create content and to be able to help people. And so, yeah, we had a lot of people reach out and say that by watching my journey inspired them on theirs.
0: And I know you've talked, I've heard a lot about you saying be vulnerable with your audience. And I think uh, you also had some fears with, I don't know if they're going to see this as like, can they still listen to me if I've got a divorce or something along those lines? Um, but how, is there anything to it other than just being vulnerable so that you can like not only teach them from your lesson, but like, do you always have to like give them the next level advice or how do you be vulnerable in a way that, you know, pushes people in the right direction rather than just seeming like, like, as I've heard you say, sharing scars versus open wounds.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a great quote from Brene Brown. Um, and I, I don't, I don't share. So yeah, that's, that's so great that you brought that up because I'm not trying to be like a hot mess on social media because Uh we have those that we watch and Uh it's like, like, I mean, Jersey shore, we watch that and it's like, Whoa. (laughs) And, and we watch that for, for other entertaining reasons. Um, it's not as inspiring or empowering. Maybe, I don't know. I don't even watch Jersey shore. So hopefully no one gets mad at me for saying that, (laughs) but, um, just as an example, but when I when I was sharing that content, it was for the intention to to let people in. Um at, at one point I I didn't necessarily feel ready to share it, but with Funnel Hacking Live coming up, I needed to change my name. I needed to announce that my name has changed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and then from there I kind of heard from my audience what what they wanted from me. And I had to ask myself how deep am I willing and how open am I willing to go with this? Like Uh here's, here's everything. And I'll be honest, there, there is, there was sometimes backlash of like, you know, maybe you shouldn't share those things or maybe that's too vulnerable, but for every like one piece of backlash, there were 10 people pouring their heart out to me and saying that's exactly what I needed to hear today. And, and you changed my life. And that inspired me. And so that's why I keep going with it. And it's, I I share these things and it's not to um not for attention and it's not for um, to make light of anything but to encourage and empower other people through their struggles or through what they're going through. It doesn't have to be divorce, it doesn't have to be anything near that. It's just you have stuff going on in your life and you can turn your mess into your message and you can empower people. You can turn your pain into purpose. You can you can keep going on despite anything that you're going
0: through. I kind of like you can't spell message without mess. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I kind of realized when you said that.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, you you definitely have shared it in a way that empowers people or relates to people because every single person, unless you marry your high school sweetheart first relationship, you're gonna have a breakup, and it it is like some of the hardest things that people go through. Um, mm-hmm. And that's actually something that I identified you with, with you uh, on is that. Um, I had a whole podcast episode just talking about I had an entrepreneurship-related breakup. So Mm. um, I probably won't uh, deep dive on the topic too much, but I will ask you something about relationships um, because me and Catherine Jones both have the same kind of thing. Uh, Mm. Catherine Jones had that entrepreneur-related breakup where Mm. he broke up with her because her ambitions were too high. Mm. I broke up with my girlfriend because she – hated every entrepreneurial idea that I came out up with and quickly shot it down. And I I don't know how much that was. I, I heard you say like one time the entrepreneurship had something to do with that with it. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think the easiest way to explain it is that um, when when we got married, I was a dental hygienist. And that was the life that he signed up for. And as I evolved, and I grew, we kind of had to make a decision as a couple of are we going to grow through this together. And it just didn't work out that way. That's the most tactful way that I can put it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's a lot more behind the scenes that are probably the wounds and not the scars, but, um, but I, I absolutely agree. And even now, like trying to date again, I'm like, I don't, I, it's, it feels complicated because I, I don't, here's, here's what I realized recently is that if I'm running a marathon, I want to look to my left and my right and be with the people who are running with me not the ones on the sidelines and there's nothing wrong with being on the sidelines but it's just for like a partnership for what I want in my life for the for the marriage and the family that I want in the future i think it makes sense if it's someone who who gets the lifestyle that i'm living
0: so do you think entrepreneurs need to be with entrepreneurs
1: it's a tough question because i see so many relationships that are that aren't entrepreneurs with entrepreneurs and they're doing amazing and it's maybe it's a yin and yang kind of thing and you can have yin and yang as entrepreneurs or not as entrepreneurs um i think i think that there's no hard and fast answer Mm -hmm. but another thing i was talking to a friend about is like you know you see a lot of actors dating actresses you see you know it just they understand each other's lifestyle Uh and i think as i enter the dating world again which is very overwhelming at times. I think that's what I'm looking for is someone that, that I can share that passion with for how we're making our impact on the world and the the lifestyle that we live through entrepreneurship. Cause it really does feel like it's a different just language a, almost. Yeah. A different language. That's a good way of putting it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah, from my experience uh, trying to date after as well, is you want someone to not just see your job as like oh that's cool like you you want them to see like can you see why i'm passionate about it and the yeah. you, relationship has to be more than work of course because you'll reach a point where you're both retired and it's not like a thing anymore or or maybe you won't because you're an entrepreneur and you just love it. <laughs> it's like retire yeah yeah what's what's that what's um that? but uh the, I guess the the thing that I have been debating on is like the traditional marriage, right? Like the guy does the work like the, this is like 50 years ago now and the woman stays at home with the kids. And it's been like a topic in the news, at least that as women are becoming more, you no, know, I want to be the breadwinner as well. And then the guy also wants to be the breadwinner, um, you know, or they get competitive with each other and they don't like that the woman's making more than them or, and things like that. Um, that the dynamic it, it it's, or at least the thought is then it's harder to have kids when they both are super ambitious. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, only one can be an entrepreneur, but then you also can't, you know, speak each other's language language when you're not. So I think you said it, that there's not really a quick and fast answer to this. You know, there's a lot of gray space to it. Yeah. But I guess I was just curious on your thoughts of with that being said, does that mean you have to end up with an entrepreneur or just someone who gets it.
1: Maybe. And I mean, there's so many people that, that are in our space that we can look to, like Russell and his wife and mm-hmm. Dave Woodward and his wife. Like, and I, I've spent time with, with all of them and, and look up to them so much. And, and they, they work very well and they're very happy. So it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be entrepreneurs with entrepreneurs, but I just think that personally that's probably what I'm looking for.
0: Is Russell's wife an entrepreneur?
1: no she um i mean she has a she just recently launched a podcast uh-huh. so she is like starting to create content which is really fun and exciting but um they they have five kids so i know she has her hands full and i really i love the the saying of like behind every strong man is a strong woman but as as we step into You know, there's more breadwinning women in the world. What what does that mean for the women? Behind the strong women, there also are strong, strong men. Are they running alongside them? Are they supporting them? I like watching um even Rachel Hollis and her husband Dave. That Dave was like a an executive at Disney, and he left that to join Hollis Co. And and it's you know, Rachel Hollis is the the face of the business, but he is just like shining mirrors at her, like, go, baby, like just cheering around the whole way and it's just fun to watch and obviously he he works very hard in the business and um it's cool to see how they work together
0: it really is yeah they just work together in the end it what I, what I, I don't think there's a uh you know a, a true statement on oh you have to end up with someone like this you just kind of yeah hope, i think we're hoping that the statement you know when you know <laughs> is yes. ultimately true in the end um but thank you for being vulnerable about everything that happened, um, I think it's val- it's certainly going to connect with people out there because entrepreneurship is life. It is a career that you are signing up for part of your mind to always be thinking about your business. Yes. It is definitely hard to be fully present. Um, now, is that something that I should maybe ask you about, about being fully present while also being an entrepreneur when part of your mind is always like, you didn't publish that next video yet. You have something to edit. You have to do a post today. You should post this on your story that you're watching TV (laughs) right now. How do you like, do you make yourself shut that part of your mind off or are you you just living with it?
1: I don't know if I can. That's, that's a, can't turn it off and don't know why anyone would want to. That's a line Uh from Alex Sharpen's podcast. Um, I don't know how to turn it off. I Uh think there's definitely times where I want to. Um, and I do take space. I even told you before we started recording that I took two hours off right before we started this podcast. Cause I was just like, I just need a break. I know I'm going to work later into the day. And, um, but I just, I like that. I have the flexibility to take breaks when I need it. But even when I'm on a break, sometimes I'll think, oh, I have to write this down to go do that later. Cause I think, like I said before, business is business, but, but it's also personal. It's my life. <laughs>
0: Definitely. And even though you got a team that can like take care of part of that, which is probably awesome that when those yeah. thoughts come in your head, you're like, I have to do this
1: quick little text. This. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just send yeah. it off to someone else. Um, yeah. but because you're so passionate about what you do, it also makes it that you are okay with that part of your mind. Yeah. Just kind of being on. I actually, I went to Cancun a couple weeks ago and we went out fishing, uh, and the water was so so rocky. Like the boat was moving so much and I late, I sat there on the chair and I'm, I'm always go, go, go. But finally, like for the first time in like years, um, this was the only time in years that my mind was completely blank. Wow! And I was just like listening to the water and I literally just like put away everything. But I think, uh, what it is, is our minds are so used to the dopamine rush of like checking our our stats, checking like on Instagram and like, always just being caught up with doing something that, um, like meditation is what I found is like the only thing to try to get my mind to chill about having to do something all the time. Do you have anything else like, like apart from like meditation or anything like that, that you do to like something that like forces you to chill?
1: Yeah. Um, even like writing, um, sometimes just to get my, sometimes I'll just write and see what comes out, and it's usually something that I need to process. Um, so I have—I mean, I have my social media content that I write, but then I also have uh, my own personal journals where I write whatever's going on and just see whatever comes out, and then it just helps me to kind of get clear. Having things on paper, out of my brain, and onto paper is a big thing. Um, meditation is also good. Um, even just sometimes, like a mindless scroll through Instagram.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Do you yeah. do you have the one page?
1: Yeah. Just my one page. Okay. Well, actually, I do have a, another page called breadwinning women. Funny that we're talking about okay. that. Um, we don't post on it as much anymore just cause we're, you know, we're taking a break to be able to focus on our businesses, but that's one that I have with Rachel Peterson.
0: Okay, cool. So follow that too, guys. Yeah. Um, so with all this writing you're doing, has Zach Efron ever replied to any of your mail?
1: <laughs> oh, my boyfriend, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> no no not yet I think he's just you know I think uh when the time is right you know everything happens for a reason and perfect timing and it just must not be our timing yet
0: (laughs) well I actually know him so I sent him a message and I was like hey Marley's coming on so um Zach can you hear us
1: Oh my God.
0: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, he's not on. Uh, <laughs> my heart skipped a beat. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry to disappoint. Now I will actually try to reach out to him for you. I'm oh let God. About
1: That's me. one way to dream 100 me, is if you can get me on a date with Zach Efron.
0: Then you'll come on the podcast as many times as I want?
1: As many times as you want, daily. I can whatever. probably
0: even have video scaling system for free at that point.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Then uh, put my payment on hold. Let me try to figure it out. <laughs> All right. So wrapping up here, um, the last question I want to ask you before I want to hear more about just your video challenge and other ways of how we can keep up with you in the future. After winning the two comma club award, you already alluded to it, you know, new level, new devil, as you like to say, what is your goal for this year? Are you like, I want to win two comma again? Are you thinking two comma X or is it not really about the award? You just more have different goals.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to win it again, because then that means that we're, we're continuing to grow, whether we're at the same level. I mean, I want to grow. I don't want to just stay the same. Um, but this year is a lot of focus on expansion for reaching more people. So the challenge, um, I, I would love to get like 10,000 people that go through that challenge. I, I want to do lots of podcasts and expand my reach and my message and, um, just have more people know know what I'm trying to teach. Um, the VIP code book that I, that I handed out at Funnel Hacking Live. This is just a mini version of the full book that I'm writing that I intend to have out August or September this year. So that's kind of a big project is writing the book too.
0: And it will be uh, an extension of the one that you gave out. Okay. Yeah. So it's a longer one. And I have access to that, right? Because I joined your challenge. I think that yeah. was the way that I got it. And-
1: yeah. So when people join the challenge, um, there's two ways that you can get it. If you, if you get the digital version, you'll, we'll email you the, the you know, digital version of the book. Um, but if you buy the physical box, you get a whole box of swag and that book is in it.
0: You are the swag master now.
1: I love swag.
0: And you just started on it too, huh?
1: Yeah. Like honestly, I, we, we, I've done two shirts and actually later this week, there is a third one coming out.
0: Nice. Are yeah. you doing uh, pop sockets?
1: No, but I haven't thought about that. Would people want my logo on a pop socket? That's interesting.
0: Is your logo the lion?
1: Well, there's the lion. There's also the Infinite Impact Army logo. Okay. There's a new one that's coming out. This, you're hearing it here first. It's, um, a lion in front of a camera.
0: Okay, cool.
1: That's, that's a new one.
0: Uh, I'm trying to so it's like, it looks like a lion sitting there like filming himself or it's
1: it's kind of the lions facing the front and the cameras behind him.
0: Okay, cool, cool. I like the idea of pop socket just because like, this is where our attention is the most. You probably have the same one, huh?
1: Yeah, I have it. I just saw it this morning. Yeah.
0: But this kind of makes it always like, Don't forget to check your funnels. Right. I don't. That's all I think about. That's funny. (laughs) But I like that. Um, I will totally buy a pop socket from you if that is a thing, but I'll have to get a shirt too. Absolutely. Getting jacked actually.
2: Getting jacked. Nice.
0: (laughs) So I have a lot of positive thoughts to say about the video challenge and I'll tell them about this, uh, about my experience in the outro, but I'll let you steal the show here. Tell us about your uh, video challenge. Yeah, well it's
1: 21 days. It's called 21 days to infinite video impact. And I teach kind of like what we talked about earlier that you can create omnipresent video assets. So it's like having an army of salespeople spreading your message around the world, around the clock, perpetually forever through video. So throughout the 21 days we work on creating your message, creating your value ladder, your ears, offers and then how to share that message through videos. So we talk about the different types of content, how to batch, create content. Um, how to like generate that charisma so that you build an audience. We talk a little bit about, vulnerability and and your stories and how important your stories are, how to generate those stories. So you never run out of them. And, um, and yeah, over 21 days, like we've had students who they've grown their YouTube channel to a thousand subscribers. They've already had people opting into their list and purchasing their, their courses. And, And not that it has to be a course. Really. We have people even with brick and mortars or physical products in, in the, in the program too, or coaches, so um, it's amazing in over 21 days, there's this, this community built that they all love each other and they're all so excited about. And, and it's just an inspiring place to be because these are all impact-driven entrepreneurs that all come together for these 21 days. And a lot of them also take every single challenge. So that's fun too.
0: Was I one of the only ones who like kept up with the challenge in real time?
1: You know what? A lot of people, because it's 21 days, but then they catch up over the weekend. Uh-huh. So it's hard to keep track, but I definitely saw you're you're up to date.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> but I I know a lot of people weren't like full time just like behind their laptop all the time. Yeah. Um but bas- the challenge isn't uh it's not limited to, to anyone really, right? Like anyone can right. an entrepreneur or not, just anyone looking to get better on video. Even if they're not looking to get on YouTube, it still makes sense. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Even if you're not wanting a YouTube channel, it's also video creation for other platforms, sharing your story, sharing your message, creating your offers. Of course, I recommend spreading your message through video, but it's also applicable to other types of content.
0: Yeah, I I definitely, I I joined for the sake of just getting better on video uh, on Instagram. And by the end of it, just because I now have the YouTube knowledge, I I put out a few videos and now all my podcasts are being put on YouTube too. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Well, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off here, Marley?
1: Well, I would just like to remind anyone that if they can get me on a date with uh, Zach Efron, I will have one. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That was just funny. I love that you did that.
0: to, got to bring something up that like, yeah. I, I saw you talk about him on your story. And then I know Adam Driver
1: keeps coming him. up on
0: your story too. And let me just like end the whole debate for you. It's like, it's, it's Efron, no question.
1: I know. It's just, I really love Adam Driver's brain. I think that he is just so poetic and, and smart and caring. And uh, Zach Efron is just
0: gorgeous. You're a high school musical fan, huh?
1: You know, when I haven't, I saw the first one. I don't okay. think I've seen the sequel. Do they have more than two?
0: I think there's, yeah, three or four. And now there's
1: like a show on Disney Plus, I think, but not with Zach. So,
0: okay. Now, I don't even know what he's doing nowadays. He's not. Seemingly very active. Well,
1: maybe, he, maybe he'll be free He's to go on a date with
0: looking me. for you, I guess. Yeah. Right <laughs> All right. Well, everyone accept her challenge and then also accept her other challenge to get her on a date with Zach Efron. We got a very, very eligible bachelorette over here who uh, he should know about. <laughs> so uh, but Marley, thanks so much for coming on. That was a lot of fun. And I think we got uh, a lot of awesome value for you. Uh, things that people are going to be able to take and implement uh, over the next few months here even. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: So great. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: All right. Talk to you later. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Even my jokes that didn't land. Hopefully you mildly enjoyed that part. But uh, so much value in this episode. We will be doing a recap interview this week. This is the uh, coronavirus quarantine week. So guess what? You guys are going to get two podcast episodes in the same week. So I'm going to be doing, uh, the recap episode, which if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you know that those are some of the best episodes of the show is when we deep dive even further on some of the material that we just learned. It's more of an implementation episode. Okay. Now you got the info. What do you do with it? So, uh, stay tuned towards that. And guys, the infinite video impact challenge is probably the best thing that you can do if you're looking to get better at video right now. This is a 21-day process where it takes you through all of the steps to refining your message so it's appropriate content for YouTube, but also just how to be better on film overall. You don't have to be a YouTuber, but you might end up like me, thinking, wow, I am actually going to attack YouTube now too, Uh, and it's already been great for me, just the effort that I've put in in the last month into building my YouTube base, so I would appreciate if you guys would subscribe, but the Infinite Video Impact Challenge is linked in the description, go check it out at least, go through uh, her sales page there and just see everything that it includes, because Marley is really good at just throwing in a ridiculous amount of free stuff with everything she does. She has so much video uh, content out there that when you get one of her offers at this point, she just throws in like thousands of dollars of bonuses that she used to charge uh, you know, tons of money for and now she just like throws them in for free. But it's 47 bucks, one of the best things that you can do for your business if you're really looking to expand your ability to be on camera or just uh, expand on YouTube, you know, you get what I'm trying to say here. Can't recommend it more. So uh, guys, I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening.